Welcome to The Hive from Pollen VC, your destination for the latest thinking about mobile gaming, apps, and what you need to scale your business. And introducing Peggy Ann Sauls, founder of Mobile Groove, mobile analyst, tech consultant, and your host for today's show. Thanks, Ricky. And hey, it's The Hive, and it's episode eight, which is awesome because we are on a roll. Today's topic, well, we're looking at self-publishing, you know, taking on all the responsibility for production, marketing, distribution of your game. It's not a walk in the park for most indie studios. And latest research suggests that, interestingly enough, it could be the pathway to growth and much more if you can handle it, right? Well, if acquisition is your exit plan, well, guess what? Paul and VC's own analysis of deal data from InvestGame, which is a game investment tracking firm, reveals that more than 80% of mobile gaming studios that were acquired since January 2020 self-published their games, right? So definitely a connection to consider as you make your choice to self-publish or go with a publisher. Both have their pros and cons, and we discuss both as well as the state of hyper-casual games with my guest. She's Riley Anderson, the CEO of Umami Games. It is a creative powerhouse that makes hyper-casual games, and I think it's a perfect fit with you, Riley, because that's what you are for me, a powerhouse of creativity combined with business savvy, deep passion for data, design, marketing, business development. Welcome. Great to have you. Thank you very much, Peggy. What a nice introduction. And look at us. I mean, it's like partner look, right? We look like bookends. We both have our matching pop filters, so we are ready to roll. <laughs> exactly. So I said it at the top, Umami, it's a great story for people who don't know it, raised over half a million in its first seed round, rocketed up the charts with the game ABC Runner that was first on the US charts with over 9 million downloads. Now that's really impressive, even more so because you did it, I believe, with a very small team at the time. Yes, Tell me about yeah, that. we were only three. We were only three people, uh, or three founders, when we made ABC Runner. Of course, we had made a, a ton of prototypes before that, but with ABC Runner, it just uh, fitted very well with using data actively to improve the metrics, and then we pushed the button, and uh, it worked out very well for mm -hmm. us. How's it going now, by the way? It's going uh, great, actually. We're still climbing. We're looking forward to the 10 million mark. Wow. Uh, still doing different A-B tests uh, to improve metrics. You currently work with a publisher, right? But you are gearing up to self-publish very soon, actually. April 2022, I believe, is the date, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, and super, uh, of course, it's great working together with publishers, but also looking forward to taking on some more responsibility and... Uh, getting your hands dirty in the entire process of everything. <laughs> You're hands-on. You can't wait to dive in, right? But for most people, you know, it is quite a jump. And you've worked with other publishers as well. So what's the, what's the connection here? Why do you want to do this? I think for us personally, of course, maybe it's a little bit about our background. Two out of three founders come from uh, free-to-play casual games, uh, so we're used to having these uh, deeper monetization layers. We do really love this uh, quick and rapid prototyping. But for us, working in the industry for so long, it just hit us why no one really built this all-inclusive tool that kind of gathers all the different areas of game development one needs to actually make money on the games. Mm -hmm. Whereas today, we actually need to go to 10 different sites to get data extracted 
get it into Excel and, and, and work with it like that. And it's just super manual and it slows down the process of making uh, amazing game experiences and making tons of money. <laughs> well, you've got both, right? Amazing game experience, tons of money with ABC Runner. But what's really interesting, it may be that this is really the big hit because you're not just building a back-end system in prep for self-publishing. You're also looking possibly to be offering it to other developers, I understand. Is that the case still? Yes. Cool. Yeah, so, so what we've just experienced is that we're not the only hyper-casual developers in general within mobile development that has been through this process. And there is a big gap between working with a publisher where they take care of a lot of the marketing and UA mm-hmm. side and then having to deal with the entire spectrum yourself I think many developers like us has interest, but building that system, I can tell you, uh, we used uh, almost uh, eight, 10 months on it already, and it's a big hassle. So what we kind of thought is that once we have all of these different sites linked together, of course, in backend within APIs, and let's not go too technical, Mm -hmm. uh, but the whole idea is that you can have uh, super smart and easy data visualizations, uh, and of course, we would love to get, give this tool out to other developers who are sitting in the same uh, situation, but maybe don't have the same uh, nerdy interest of actually building the entire system. <laughs> I would imagine you're going to sell it, right? That could definitely be part of the huh? plan, yeah, licensing out to, to others or sell the entire company as a whole, maybe to someone who has even more uh, experience and skills that can lift it up to the level where we would like it to be the new unity. That's ambitious. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but I think it's just when you see a natural problem in the market or something you struggle with yourself by working in the industry for more than uh, two years, having to go through the same processes over and over again, you, you really think about how can we optimize it? That's mm-hmm. In a way, it's, it's all a hyper-casual is about, yeah. right? <laughs> Optimizing processes and uh, having the same quality, but just uh, making capacity higher, yeah. right? Uh, it's kind of the same we want to help others with because uh, we just experienced that there's, it seems like there's three steps in developers. Uh, so first of all, you're making a ton of different prototypes and figuring out how does it work with publishers. Then once you actually make a, a hit or a game that makes uh, a good sum of money, you're thinking, ah, would I like to keep on sharing <laughs> my revenue with someone else? Or do I now maybe have the skills that I need myself to uh, to go self-publishing and also take the entire revenue for yourself, right? And we have kind of have an idea that others will feel the same way. That's also what we're hearing in the market. Uh, but having to set up all of these, this backend system with attribution and mediation and now also the SCAT network and making that backend data structure is just, it's not for everyone. No. Uh, so I think we will be able to help a lot of developers who are looking into self-publishing. It's a struggle to do all of this. It's even a greater struggle if we think about IDFA, changes in Android. I mean, the world has changed. I have to ask every marketer I interview, right? What have you seen? What are you experiencing? What can you share? So what we're doing right now is maybe a little bit of a a mini hack, but we're mainly testing our first prototypes on Google Android and then kind of figuring out where is the low CPIs, especially hyper-casual, that's super important, the initial marketing metrics. And once we have found them on Android, we switch over and also test on iOS. 
In my experience, actually, it changed a little bit within the last month or two. It seems like it's gotten better, and at least we've been able to produce below 50 cents CPIs on uh, iOS, which is, uh, it's, it's been a while. Wow. <laughs> uh, and not due to the fact that our games have been worse or anything. I think uh, the ideas have been just as great, but simply haven't been able to, to get through the algorithm um, but now it seems a bit more positive. Mm -hmm. We had to take a crucial decision. We decided to switch our entire testing process over to Android and uh, also decided another thing, which is reading up on the SCAT network. Mm -hmm. For example, iOS 15 just came out. Yeah. What is the new opportunities for developers now with the SCAT network? That's also one of the things we're building into our tools, having the data structure and getting the data sent into a bucket. Uh, so you kind of gather all the data sources you need in, in one place. Uh, and then you distribute it after that and you can link it together. So what we're kind of planning with iOS to move forward is to looking at the the the, um, uh, the possibilities that Apple sent out there. You have these uh, conversion values uh, where you can track different uh, events within your game. You can also track on... IP basis, but the events is mainly what you use in hypercasual. Mm -hmm. So basically going forward, what we will be looking at is the distribution between our cost and our spends. Where do we use our money on marketing? And uh, should we keep spending on app loving, for example, or should we rather use the money on integral? The, the distribution between your conversion values will kind of give you an indicator of where to spend your money. Yeah, I will not go too technical, <laughs> but uh... let's just... Zoom out a little bit. Look at hyper casual overall, right? It's hyper casual. Could be still hybrid casual. I don't know how we're thinking about this genre. You're in that genre. Just for me, sum up a little bit the state of hyper casual just right now at this moment, a snapshot. What I've heard from people that is it's a bit harder getting good upfront money revenue deals with publishers. Now, it's not something that we uh, at Umami have to uh, think about right now or anything, but it seems like the market has gone down a bit, mm -hmm. at least with the upfront money mm -hmm. <laughs> that was post-IDFA, where we, they were just growing, right? Uh, every publishers were fighting about the different developers. It seems a bit tougher now to, to, to get through, uh, but... On the game side of the hyper-casual market, we've seen a switch uh, a bit more towards towards the hybrid-casual. I think it's all about, okay, so our CPIs is going up a bit. What can we do about that? Um, right now, when it's a bit, uh, when the market is a bit iffy, right, <laughs> it's maybe hard to fix that exactly mm -hmm. right now. Uh, but what you could do is you can try and make your game even more attractive. Mm -hmm. You can try to make your players play longer. You can try to make uh, the, the offers, the value you have inside of your game more valuable for the players. For us, that could be having more rewarded ads instead of just interstitials. Uh, if it's the long-term retention you're going for. So kind of, I think what we're seeing is that people are really trying to get the LTVs up uh, so, so they can afford to pay more for each user. Uh, yes. yes, that's where I was just going to take you, actually. Because in prep, we were talking about, so what does it take? To be successful, I mean, you had a three-person team and a massive success for that effort, I think. But we were talking about, okay, so what does a title need to be? And uh, you said sassy, you know, quirky. Well, what do you mean by that? I mean, uh, if you kind of have to stand out in the, in the big mess of content, mm -hmm. right? So when someone sees my game when they're scrolling through TikTok, 
if I just look like everything else out there, I won't really get no, uh, noticed. So, for example, uh, we made games like Teabag Runner, <laughs> where it's <laughs> like a teabag. We also made games that just have a pun in the name. Could be a great game, where it's a game about your great vegetables, but it's called great with an A instead of E-A, right? Also just made this drawing game where we're now making, we found out that, like, Boobs and butts and willies are the most fun. So having this quirky, like, first grade kind of humor without being <laughs> offensive to anyone, uh, I think works very I well. I cannot wait to see the B-roll for that, Riley. You have to share that with us now. <laughs> so we've got, we've got, we've definitely got some quirky games. And I will definitely say sassy. Did I hear, did I hear you say boob and butt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who won't want to play that, right? So I want to switch over to the the targets right you're saying okay we need cooler titles we need cooler stuff we need to be doing to meet those ltv targets right how else are you approaching ua to make this happen so what we're doing more behind the scenes is that we're trying to link up when it comes to ua it's all about as you say uh, where should i put my money which of my creatives are working the best and this is also part of our all-inclusive umami games tool of course we will track that uh, information and then we will put it into our big analytics and we will figure out oh so is there um, patterns we see in the data where we can leverage on that. But I think more concretely on how to use the data uh, to your advantage within the UA, here is the SCAT network, right? Here's a new opportunity to actually build something and be a first mover on these conversion values. So it's kind of me thinking, uh, valuing what is a valuable player for me. I'm in hypercasual, so it's probably not a day 60 player. That would be a way to a big conversion value. But if you have let's say 10 minutes of playtime on day zero, maybe that's a very valuable player for me. Mm -hmm. uh, so by using this backend system to kind of like, uh, yeah, uh, put values on my different users, I can look at the distribution of users over the different ad networks. And that can be your guideline in these new uh, post IDFA times. At least that's how Apple suggests and uh, the way we have been reading up on it and uh, talking to other publishers and developers out there, it seems like that's the way mm -hmm. to go. What about funding UA? What are you trying out there or what can uh, publishers try out that's different? You know, maybe some different options and maybe walk through them with me. Definitely, yes. Yeah. So there are different options out there, funding. So of course, that's the classic publisher-developer relationship where you normally get uh, an upfront amount per prototype. So that's a very classical uh, situation. However, what, what is, uh, you have to recoup the money at some point. So let's say the publisher lent out 50,000 US dollars to you. Then remember once the game actually comes out there and makes money, the first 50,000 US dollars, those go to the publisher. So it's important at least to know whether, where will your cash flow come in those months, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> How long mm -hmm. will it take to make those money? Uh, you can also go to the bank uh, and uh, take a loan, right? You could also yeah. overmake over your credit card. I wouldn't go with any of those uh, <laughs> uh, solutions for sure. There's also an option of having an investor that will then take equity of your company for a certain amount of money. And there's also options like rent the money. So let's say for us, for example, we have a game. I can already say to you right now, uh, we have uh, five or 10 cents rowers per user, meaning I make five, 10 cents per, per user I, I buy. 
Then someone like like One Up Capital can go out and rent you money so you can fund the UA because it will have a turnaround time. So it takes almost a month until you get your money you invested into a game out. And normally as a, a small developer like us, eight people, you don't have enough cash flow. I don't. We don't have like 10 million US dollars that we can just use on, the, on UA for this game particularly. So we need to go out and, and rent the money from someone, of course, for a small fee, but... That way, for us at least, that makes the most sense because then you don't have to give away equity mm -hmm. of your company if you already have a product that's uh, doing well. And then there's always this area of opportunity that when your game is going really well and you're just saying, look, if I could just keep on fueling UA in that period of time, it would make a lot of sense and a lot of money in the end. And that's also what's so beautiful about Hypercasher, right? That the turnaround mm -hmm. time, so already on day uh, zero or day one, maybe I'm already here able to see, okay, I'm actually making money because I know what, what it costs me to get someone to install it. And I can also see what I'm making of each user, right? So I think especially in Hypercasher when the turnaround time is so uh, short uh, and also the, the opportunity of a big growth is also short in Hypercasher because it's so trend-based. So you really need to be fast and go out and get the cash flow very, very fast. And that's why I think options of borrowing or renting the money <laughs> is, is a great solution. And not having to go take that loan from a bank where you're personally reliable is at least a great opportunity out there uh, with the different possibilities of self-publishing. So I said at the top, we were going to talk about self-publish or go with a publisher, right? Huge decision. And it's a decision that you have behind you. What are some questions that they need to be asking themselves? What did you ask yourself? How did you know you were ready? Our third founder uh, has seven years of experience making data structures. Uh, he also made a ton of games next to it, but I mean, it kind of helps to have that interest on your team. And also like out of, I mean, I'm a game developer, we're also business people, right? And we have a company, our biggest goal is to have the highest valuation for Umami games. And as you said, you kind of need to self-publish. I also talk to a lot of different investors and getting an investment while still giving away 50, 60, 70% of your revenue, that's a hard deal to make. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think... Just when, when you're looking at, at the investment landscape, I mean, of course, you see also mergers and acquirements of hypercasual studios that work with others. But then the way I would see is that the amount of opportunities you have when you're self-publishing is just so much bigger. Whereas if you're publishing with a publisher, my best guess would be that the one that I'm most interested in buying you or acquiring you <laughs> is the publisher you're working with, right? So... I just want to go into rapid fire a couple quick ones for you that I always ask on all the episodes of The Hive, channels that are exciting out there. Are you a it's all going to TikTok type of person or what else do you see out there? I think, yeah, sure, TikTok is interesting. And also then you have more the ad networks. Something like Mintable is very mm -hmm. interesting. Uh, also, of course, app-loving Iron Source is the biggest one out there, right? So I think, yeah, bo both sides are, are super interesting to, to look at. It kind of depends also which type of game. We have seen games that work better on one or the other platforms. You have also something like ABC Runner that just works great everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but something we have seen that we have some games out here that we're making money on that mainly works on the ad networks. And that has been a very positive thing for us, especially when you're self-publishing and you don't have to share <laughs> the revenue with anyone. I mean, 
then making 5-10k uh, of a game per month if you have a couple of them out there suddenly it starts becoming fun yeah. right? and then you can experiment <laughs> you can look around and see what's out there I've talked to publishers they're doing pre-installs I mean just trying everything out there to say hey what works yeah. and what doesn't opportunities do you have any predictions that you're looking forward to and we'll test you later on it Riley I'm, I'm just kidding we won't, we won't hold you to them but I am curious what do you see coming down the road Always dangerous, right? <laughs> if you be as up to it. <laughs> yes, I've heard maybe puzzles. Puzzles will come a little okay. bit back. Also okay. see, just from looking at the market, I see more of these completions games coming back. I felt like they went away a little bit. But it seems like we've also seen uh, Ruby uh, games teaming up with yeah, Ruby, yeah. all right, yeah. I think. Yeah. That uh, was something. Uh, uh, so kind of maybe a prediction could be that we will see more of these uh, developers like us that are, are very high performing kind of teaming up with a big brother or big sister yeah. if, if you could say it like that yeah. which also kind of rises seems like the quality of the hyper casual compilation games a bit which i think is interesting so I, I do still think everyone is trying to figure out this hybrid casual final one for you riley your go-to sources for news, all things gaming, ad monetization. I love to end the show with this because then we understand how you stay fresh, how you stay up to date. That's what our audience always likes to do as well. What do you consume on a regular basis? So, of course, I always follow uh, EXSciFi. It has a lot of information yeah. and mm -hmm. new trends about data. For me, Joachim Akran has been a, a big support and someone really to look up with within uh, business development, uh, also just like the deconstruct of fun, the level one, it's different Slack groups that have uh, a lot of uh, very interesting and skilled people gathered. And also, I think then the last thing I could uh, say today that we just found is this Google Trends site. Wow. Where, so we're making, a, yeah, it could be a word game, for example, we want to know what is the name that has been Googled the most the last week, right? And then we go into the Google Trends and we can see, okay, Kim Kardashian and Taylor Swift, those are the two, two most popular ones. Let's, let's use them. <laughs> let's use them. <laughs> right. Exactly. I want to see that come into some gameplay. I'm so, uh, who knows what you're coming up with next, Riley. I love your energy. I love your ideas. And it was just great to have you here. An awesome conversation and all the best with you. And I'm sure I speak for the audience when they say, get to work on that tool, man. Bring it out so the world can license it. Definitely. Thank you very much, Peggy, and thank you for having me and uh, to PolyVC for uh, sponsoring this. Stay up to date with our show schedule by signing up for alerts at pollen.vc. That's where you'll also find our suite of financial modeling tools to help you plan and manage your business growth.